Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so excited that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. I'm coming to you from beautiful Aurora, Nebraska, and today I'm really excited because after this podcast, I'm headed out to New York City. NYU is my alma mater, so I love visiting New York, uh, and my sister and her husband live out there, and her husband, uh, Alan, writes for Saturday Night Live, so we will be attending SNL this week. We'll see Adam Sandler, and if you tune into that kind of thing, maybe you'll see me in the background. 99.999% chance you won't. But yeah, that's where I'm at today. I'm also excited because I have some OT history nerdiness to share with you today uh, before we dive into this week's journal article. I am an OT history buff. I love learning about OT history. And when OT turned 100 years old in 2017, I released some articles about OT history and was doing a lot of research about our founders at that time. And a couple months ago, I got really, really lucky because the village historian of Clifton Springs reached out to me. He had found my OT history articles online um, and probably sensed another OT history nerd. And him and I have been corresponding since. Uh, like I said, he's the village historian of Clifton Springs. If you're familiar with OT history, Clifton Springs, New York is where our six founders met in 1917 and established the National Society of the Promotion of Occupational Therapy, which later became the AOTA. And that meeting uh, and that place is really where we consider occupational therapy to be officially founded. So, so lucky to be in correspondence with this local historian there who has been busy digging up facts uh, about our founders and that meeting. And thanks to that correspondence, uh, I had a revelation this week, a mystery was solved for me. And that mystery was about the occupational therapy symbol of the phoenix, uh, which if you don't know, George Barton, who was one of the founders, envisioned the phoenix, the mystical bird, uh, which was popularized by Harry Potter, as being the symbol of occupational therapy. And this bird is a mythical bird that ages and bursts into flames instead of dying and out of its own ashes a new little baby phoenix is born uh, so it has long been a symbol of rebirth uh, but also how something new can be born out of a tragedy so I've always really latched on to this imagery I love thinking of the phoenix as a symbol of our profession. But so here's where the mystery is. In the original drawing of the phoenix, under the picture of the bird, there was an inscription that said, beauty for ashes. And I had always read that and kind of thought maybe it was like a misprint because it made so much more sense to me to say beauty from ashes. Uh, it just seemed like a weird turn of phrase. 
But through my correspondence with this historian, I kept seeing that uh, phrase come up again and again in the different documents. So I was like, that isn't a mistake. That was really intentional. I wonder why they use that turn of phrase. So I did some Googling this week, and the place that that turn of phrase uh, is used and basically all the references I saw on Google were to a passage from the book of Isaiah in the King James Version of the Bible. And it's just a really beautiful passage that I kind of wanted to share with you today. I can't be fully certain, but I kind of think that this is the passage that George Barton, one of our founders, was thinking of. And back in the day, that would have been a pretty biblically literate audience that he was speaking to. Uh, Lots of people would have read the King James Version of the Bible. And I think that people would have seen this phrase and kind of recognized it in connection with this passage. So, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of retribution of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty for their ashes. So after I found this, I've been emailing back and forth with this village historian who I consider to be a George Barton expert. And the two of us are in agreement that this is probably what he intended to allude to. Obviously, we're not 100% sure. So what I really love about this is I don't think George Barton was trying to like deliver a specifically Christian message with by using this motto especially since it was paired with the phoenix, which comes to us from Egyptian and Greek origins. I had done some reading and that bird first appeared like 2,500 years ago, which also would have been around the time that the text of Isaiah was written. Uh, So I feel like what he was putting together for us was just this very old and ancient human impulse to want to see beauty come from ashes and saw that as a vision of what occupational therapists do. And I found that super encouraging, um, a really concrete symbol to hold on to. And I hope that you also find it encouraging today. So with that, let's turn our attention to this week's article. This week's article comes to us from the Journal of the National Comprehensive Cancer Network. This journal has an impact factor of 4.17. Just as a refresher, impact factor is a way of measuring influence of articles, and it alludes to the number of times that an article in the journal will be cited by another journal. So in a given year, an article in the Journal of the National Comprehensive Cancer Network will be cited about four times. And by comparison, AJOT, the American Journal of Occupational Therapy, has an impact factor of around three. So this is a slightly more influential journal than AJOT. And this research that we're about to talk about today falls into the category of expert opinion which if you remember the pyramid of the hierarchy of evidence, expert opinion is actually the lowest rung of the pyramid. This article isn't a study so much as it's a consensus of different experts in the field of oncology. 
And while that may not be as prestigious as like a randomized controlled trial, it's still a really important foundation for research and best practices. It kind of gets the ball rolling um, in the direction of possibly having uh, research done in the future. So the title of our article is Geriatric Assessment Guided Care Processes for Older Adults, colon, Adelphi Consensus of Geriatric Oncology Experts. For members of the OT Potential Club, this will be our article of the week for May 6th through May 12th. And as always, the comment with the most likes at the end of the week will receive $100. Like I said, the journal that this was founded is the Journal of the National Comprehensive Cancer Network. It was published in 2015. And on our list of the 50 most influential OT articles, this ranks number nine. So basically what this article was trying to do was establish a consensus between expert oncologists about whether they should be including a geriatric assessment for their older cancer patients and what this assessment should entail. The thought behind this is that geriatric cancer patients might need additional assessment when they are visiting their oncologist because this group is at a higher risk for adverse outcomes in cancer treatment, and they're especially prone to serious toxicities from cancer treatment. So what this group wanted to do was establish some basic guidelines about whether this general assessment is needed and what it should entail. And the group decided that any patients that are 75 years old or older are those with age-related health concerns should undergo additional geriatric assessment by their oncologist. And that this assessment should look at function, physical performance, cognition, nutrition, psychological status, and social support. In the article, you'll see a nice chart of all these areas and what the physician should do if any deficits are found in these areas. Um, And this is where occupational therapy comes in. OT was specifically mentioned as a best practice for addressing deficits in ADLs and IADLs. And it was also mentioned as a treatment to address objective physical performance. OT was not explicitly mentioned to address cognition, but the assessment that was recommended is the mini mental state exam, which many OTs are familiar with providing. So as an OT reader, I would definitely say that this could also be within the purview of occupational therapy. Okay, I want to back up and tell you a little bit more about this expert panel Uh, The expert panel consisted of 30 physicians. Most of them were practicing oncologists and geriatricians, and a few were oncology researchers. And they all met at a National Institute of Health-funded conference on cancer and aging research. And consensus was established between these experts using the Delphi method. And this is a three-part survey Um, that starts with brainstorming, narrowing down consensus, and then quantification of the expert opinions. And so it's kind of a standardized way for getting consensus amongst a group. My takeaways from this article, it's kind of a big picture takeaway. There's not a lot of specific, or there aren't any specifics on what exactly OT should be doing with these patients, but it does tell me that 
it is best practice for oncologists and physicians to be looking at the functional status of these older, vulnerable cancer patients and referring them on to us to help with their functional deficits and any physical problems that they might have. And that this is the kind of information that you could be documenting in your notes or sharing with physicians, uh, especially if you work in a setting where you are seeing cancer patients or there are cancer patients that you think that you could be seeing but aren't getting the referrals for. This article is short and sweet, uh, an easy read, and definitely just a first step in exploring the role of occupational therapy in working with these older oncology patients. If you're a member of the OT Potential Club, I hope that you jump into the forum if you have any thoughts or questions on this article or are familiar with working with this population. We would love to hear from you and discuss that. As always, the person with the most like comment at the end of the week will receive $100. And if you're interested in signing up for the OT Potential Club, you can do so at otpotential.com. If being a member of the club isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Thank you so much for listening to the art- these article reviews. Thank you for those of you who have subscribed on iTunes and left a review. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you to all of you for joining today. May you give great care this week and help bring beauty for ashes. <laughs>